every day. We're surrounded by media, books, movies, art, music, games, apps, podcasts, etc., etc. With this constant bombardment, it's easy to miss great media gems in the chaos. But fret not, you've come to the right place, my friend. I'm Jason, and I love media. I invite you to check out the Mixed Media Forest podcast, the podcast where I trudge through the forests of media to find hidden gems for you, the listener. Every episode of Mixed Media Forest is chock full of fun, reviews, nostalgia, positivity, news, rants, stories, and recommendations about all things media. Again, that's the Mixed Media Forest podcast, created on Anchor Podcasting app and available everywhere fine podcasts can be found. Give it a listen. It's what all the cool kids are doing. Welcome to the MacGyver Podcast with your hosts, Mac Jackson and Nathan Shell, where we celebrate the television show, the actors, and the influence that they have had on our lives. Follow us on iTunes, Facebook, and Stitcher. Hi, I'm Richard Dean Anderson. My name's MacGyver. Colonel Jack O'Neill, SG-1. My name is Pratt. Ernest Pratt. I always get a happy, tingly feeling when I see those guys. Name one contract that I failed to execute. MacGyver. Oh, here we go. You're a target. And I don't intend to miss. Over my rotting corpse. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Glowing eyes, cliché behavior, evilness, that kind of thing. Is mental illness contagious? You think? You can do anything you want to do if you put your mind... Well, you do have a penchant for pulling brilliant ideas out of your butt. Head. Out of your head, when we need them. Oh, stuff's already here, I just find a different way to use it. I like your attitude. Permission to take a team through the Stargate, sir. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the MacGyver Podcast, the podcast where we celebrate MacGyver, Stargate, and all the adventures that Richard Dean Anderson has. Uh, I'm your host, Mac Jackson. And I'm Nathan Shell. All right, and I hope everybody had a good holiday. This is our first uh, 2019, not to date ourselves, but who cares, uh, <laughs> episode. And how was your holiday, Nate? Uh, my holiday was pretty good. We uh, we hosted Christmas at our place, and as you're very well aware, we got a new house uh, back in August, <laughs> since you were down in October. And uh, it was interesting because we realized that even though we have more space, we don't necessarily have quite as much space as we initially had hoped for for doing little gatherings and stuff. Mm. So for me, my mom and dad, my brother, and his family, you know, it was a nice nice amount of room but i think had we had unfortunately if i you know my sister and her family were here it might have been a bit cramped mm. but that's only because you know we haven't quite optimized our space yet either right. you know the basement's not finished i haven't had any kind of chance to do the extensions to the house or add-ons and 
Well, you know, all the fun that that comes with being at your house in October. I thought it was nice. I mean, there's enough space that if you're in the dining room or kitchen, you're still close enough to the living room to if you wanted to be part of whatever's going on there. You know, yeah. it's not like you're worlds away. You're just not in a ballroom. Same. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, plenty of room to do stuff. Um, we managed to use our fire our fireplace. No, really. Yeah, had it cleaned and everything, and uh, we've used it twice now. We used it Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, and it was nice to have the fire going and everything. Right. So, and uh, although <laughs> New Year's Eve we had the fireplace going, and I apparently didn't have the flue open all the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting in the dining room, which is you know is so far away from the fireplace, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're sitting there like. It's just mirrors a little fog or somewhat like smoky in here. Mm-hmm. And then uh lean back in here I I hadn't had the thing all the way open. I had it like maybe half the way open. So I ran over and I opened it up even more and you know. But uh yeah, holidays were pretty good. Uh we ended up going down to my wife's family's place for Christmas Day, as we tend to do. And uh yeah, it was it was a good get good get together, and it was funny. They uh, they were asking how the move in and everything had gone, and you know asked for pictures of the place. So we showed them, and they're like, "Oh wow, it's 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 kind of un- unassuming." I'm like, "Yeah, a little bit." I said, "But uh, it's got a lot of potential, and it'll look drastically different." I would like to think once we're done with it. And they were like, "Well, you know, what all do you have planned?" And I'm rattling off everything, and they're like, "Wow, that." you're going to have to get contractors and, and you're going to have to do all this, you know, extra research and all that stuff. And I just kind of looked at him like, no, no, I'm not. I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'll pick up a hammer. I'll pick up a drywall, you know, sheet of rock and, or yeah, sheet of drywall and throw it up on the wall and, zip 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 and just go you know they're like what they they were just kind of like flabbergasted yeah a bit flabbergasted like you know how to do all that i'm like well yeah i should i'm the son of a carpenter (laughs) good lord since he's my dad's been doing construction since the 70s easily so i mean it's just you know we'll we'll make it work you know it's just i set a goal each year this year i want to try to get the basement done and if possible start either the garage or the extension into the carport. Ideally, I'd like to do both of those at the same time. Sure. That way Jess would have a place to park under cover, you know. Huh. Um, so, did you get anything good? I got the uh, four diehard vinyl pops. Okay. okay. I did not know those things came out. And, you know, I opened, I opened up the one and I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, it's a vinyl pop. Okay, you know, I opened it up the whole way, and it was Al. The cop? Yep, the cop. Okay. And I'm like, and like my, I must have mouthed no effing way. Because <laughs> <laughs> my mom and Jess were starting to chuckle. I'm like, I didn't even know these were out, you know. And she's like, well, keep going. So it had Hans Gruber, it had Al, it had John McClane, okay. and the terrorist that, ended up getting shot at the beginning that had the sweatshirt that said, ho, 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 now I have a machine gun. Oh, okay. So, so I got those. Um, 
just got me a um di- I think it's the Diamond Select um Daredevil action statue. Oh, come on, man. And then uh there's something else. Something else I think she got me. I just can't remember what now. But yeah, I mean I I, I made out pretty nicely. Ended up uh got a gift card from her father, like I always do, for Amazon, and we used the, I used that to uh upgrade some of my movies that I have on D V D to Blu ray. Sure. Sure. So I now so I now have the you know the bulk of every movie that's been released by Marvel, be it through Marvel Studios or sure. Sony or Fox on Blu-ray. Nice. There's only, I think, one or two that I don't have upgraded yet. Actually, I think it's just the uh, Spider-Man trilogy from Sam Raimi. Well, it's funny because now so. I, if I'm buying anything movie-wise, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a Marvel or a DC, I go digital. I go Blu-ray slash digital. I'd like to get the DVD, but sometimes, like Marvel lately, have been jerks. You're gonna get Blu-ray and digital, but you're not gonna get DVD. They stick it to you. I think that's not so much they're being jerks. I think they are. They're trying to lead the way of phasing out DVDs. Sure, but because I mean, Blu-ray has been out long enough that it should theoretically have started to replace Blu-ray or DVD already. But from this side of it, they're jerks. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, it, it is annoying if you still heavily rely on a Blu-ray player or a DVD player. Uh, absolutely, I, I just I like you know what I mean. It's it, you know what the thing is. I'm afraid that all of a sudden you're going to be stuck with just Blu-ray. Well, okay, but what if my Blu-ray craps out? Now I'm in trouble. Which again, well, same, same theory you said about DVD though. I mean, what do you mean? What happens if your DVD player craps out? We could buy. See, here's the thing: a, a Blu-ray will play a DVD. A DVD yeah. will not play a Blu-ray. Right, so you're, but you're if, DVD player, if, if the DVD player craps out, though, you're SOL. Okay. No, you're not, because you have a Blu-ray player. True. That's what I'm saying. That's my point right there. The Blu-ray is much more versatile than a DVD. A DVD, you're now limited. You know what I mean? I had the one uh, upstairs where I used to record, and I can't believe this isn't an option anymore. You would record shows off the TV. Mm-hmm. Well, I had two of them, one for downstairs, one for upstairs. And the darn thing broke. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I've seen any... Uh, well, I mean, there are ways to record stuff off a of TV, as, as you and I are well well aware of. Yeah. But it's no but longer as... Permanent. Yeah. Because, okay, sure, you could save it on your TV. But once that box goes, and it will... You've yep. lost whatever you've saved. I like uh, really because when it happened, I'm like, all right, I'll just go buy another recordable DVD player. What do you mean they don't make them anymore? Why would this be an, a thing? Why would they stop? I, this happened three years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm running around going, "Are you serious?" Yeah, you could buy the combo VHS to DVD converter mm-hmm. for god awful amounts, but. I don't understand the logic of limiting recording stuff. Like, I don't know who paid who to go. Oh, I know exactly who I know exactly who made that decision. It was the it was the companies that, you know, put out the the media or medium because they they realized, oh, shoot, we're if we allow people to, 
you know, record these movies off of TV or these shows off of TV and store them on their own home device, when we go to release it on DVD or VHS or whatever, they're not going to be as prone to buy it because you got they it. already own it. Right. That's why. Right. And, it, you know, the people that were recording it and then packaging it as their own and selling it, you know, the, those people also, the yeah. bootleggers. Well, yeah. So back to my original statement, digital is what I'm really appreciating because you load it up to a cloud somewhere or a site and it's always going to be there. You know, like with the whole redeem your DVD here thing. Yeah. Like, okay, good. Unfortunately, like, I'm worried about the day when all these other DVDs that I have or, you know, say TV shows like, oh, I don't know, MacGyver. I have to rebuy them digitally now because you can, but guess what? They're just as expensive as a Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, they're expensive. Son of a bitch. I'm waiting for that to stop. Well, my friend Nikki, um, she'll buy stuff on iTunes when it goes on sale. Uh, she had said recently she'd bought all the Alien movies, like all the Alien movies, Predator, Predatorverse, you know. Sure, sure, sure. And all, you know, all all of them up until the current ones. I think she'd said sometime around Christmas they had gone on sale for like two bucks a pop. Hmm. Yeah, see, so she nice. so she jumped on that. So that's something she usually keeps an eye out because she like you know like you has that mentality of well if I get it digitally I theoretically watch it from anywhere. Exactly, and that's a beautiful so. thing. Um, and also, <laughs> not that I'm proud of this, but you know, I kind of don't want to have to get up and cross a room if I don't have to. If I could just go beep boop boop. And and granted, I have my giant pack of DVDs for Christmas. The kids got. A, a binder to store all of their random DVDs. Oh, okay. So it's saving room. Well, I had brought down a couple of mine just because instead of making the trip back and forth. What are we mm -hmm. watching tonight? A Stargate, a MacGyver, a Highlander? Pick one. And then we go through that. So they're already there downstairs. But if there's an option to just go boop, 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 which is why the fire stick can be a wonderful thing. Oh, absolutely. You know. Um... Funny story, well, hmm. funny story, kind of, maybe for you. I, Christmas Day, I am at my sister's. Christmas right. Eve we have here. Christmas Day, it's the bigger, louder extravaganza at my sister's. And, mm -hmm. you know, the kids are opening whatever they're opening from them. They already got their Christmas morning, whatever. So, <clears throat> they're, uh, Opening stuff, and I'm sitting there at the table having snacks or whatever, because Christmas Day is good snack day. Oh, um, as you do. Oh, and um, my sister, I need to point this up. My sister mm -hmm. says to me, they're all, everybody's talking. There's like, I don't know, 20 people there. Hey, uh, she says to me, hey, I go, what? Yeah, do you, I don't know, I can hear him saying, let, let me check, maybe he has something. Hey, do you have, like, a, uh, something that could, could um, like a screwdriver or something on you? That, uh, like a Leatherman? I look at Cindy like, <laughs> how, how are we related? How 
do you not know that since I was 12 years old, I'm 44 now. Since I was 12 years old, I have carried a Swiss Army knife in my pocket. It is with me like a digit on my hand. This is a defining characteristic of me. MacGyver or not, even though it is because of MacGyver, but that's not the point. Right. Holy crap. Yeah, I think I have something like that, Karen. Thank you. Like, they can't open a kid's gift or, you know, whatever. They got to put batteries in something. That doesn't matter. Right. Whatever the reasoning they need. The fact that she's like, I don't know. Hmm, you're a guy, so maybe you have a Leatherman. Okay, get away from me. Just. (laughs) Holy. I just. Really. Come on, right? Come on. (laughs) I said to Cindy on the way home. Am I wrong to be so annoyed at that? She's like, no. I knew that about you within the first half hour. I said, okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, Christmas was good as always, and everybody was happy. Mikey got, uh, <laughs> Santa brought him all the seasons from of, the, of Doctor Who from 9 all the way to 12. Nice. Oh, holy crap. That was his big gift. Very cool. Everly got a, a bike. So, yeah, he was like, oh, yeah. Just as good. And he loved, uh, I got him a DeLorean. Like, oh, nice. You know, one of these. Like, they, they have all three DeLoreans from each movie. But I got him the first one. And he, he's like, this is my favorite gift. I'm like, great, good, perfect. He, he just kept talking about it and loving it. And he was so amazed. Cause I, cool. you know, I almost got him a match, uh, matchbox one, but I yeah. thought, yeah, let's give him a bigger one. He could, yeah. he could use his guys with them. Um, okay. So let's move on to other stuff. Uh, in the RDA news, um, California, what last month or so had the big fires like they tend to do. They actually been having fires for quite a bit, but yeah. Uh, Joe Flanagan had his house wiped out. Yeah, I was going to say, Joe Flanagan lost his house. Uh, A couple other actors either had close calls or some damage, but I know for sure Flanagan lost his. And he filmed it. He filmed himself in the boat, driving or riding towards the house. I don't know if it's his main house or if it's a vacation house, because he seems to be doing okay. Mm -hmm. But he got there and took Instagram pictures of just nothing just he's standing there like i can't i cannot imagine and and it was i mean fire's bad but boy when you see people driving through flame and the car in front of them the the lights on the back are melting yeah it's it's just heartbreaking seeing that level of loss with stuff and the stuff fear the 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 terror as it should be of course you know, I'm not there. I don't know. But my thought is, if I know a fire is possibly heading my way, I'm getting the heck out. I'm not waiting till the last minute. Yeah. Uh, Richard Dean Anderson, thank God, is fine. And his house was unscathed. Good. Meanwhile, most of the houses around him were destroyed. Oh. So, you want to talk about life and imitating art, imitating life. He gets in the car with his dogs and is told to evacuate. 
he thinks, okay, my house might be gone. Uh, starts to leave and goes, you know what? No, I could do something to help people. So he stays behind, and his house is fine, but stays behind then to help rescuers. Hmm. He he donates, because, you know, they lost all their power and whatever in the meantime. And so all the food that he had in his house is going is going to go bad. So he loads up his freezer full of chicken and takes it down to... Uh, like a food bank or something. Right. And he stayed and was like handing out water and just helping the firemen whatever way he can. Right. And I just thought, see, I I love you. Like that's that's what I he didn't have to do that is I guess my point. He he was yeah. told to he, leave. He, he could have left. He, pulled, he basically pulled you know a MacGyver or something that. That's you know, right. MacGyver would have done. That's He'd stay right. behind and help out any way he could. Isn't that amazing? Something, something as simple as getting water and you know donating food. I mean, he come said on. he he said he drove by later and they were all like cheering him. They're like, thank you because they're all eating the chicken, I guess, at the time. They're like, yeah, yeah. And they're all having a good time, which was something nobody was having at that time. Yeah. So that's wonderful. yeah. Sometimes there's just the simple act of you know giving something to someone can have a profound impact on right on their mood. I just love that he did that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um I have the last couple days been and I mentioned this for a particular reason. I have been people have reached out to me and asked me to help promote their podcasts. I I'm going to play one of their commercials actually you would have already heard it whoever's listening to this. Um but basically, it's a, hey, I'll review you if you review me type of thing. Oh, okay. So let me just read off some of the people. Uh, what Were They Thinking podcast is one. Uh, 727, that's another one. Uh, Geek Watch 1, that's a podcast. Uh, Cal and Jay. Just, I'm trying to pay due diligence because these people are doing the same for us that's uh, awesome. the plunge yeah we got new reviews which i appreciate paycheck and red uh body count that's a good one i listened to uh give me two seconds mixed media forest mixed media forest podcast this guy has a pleasant voice and he kind of just jumps around on topics or whatever well it was cute he he played our commercial for all three things nice and he said, this guy is a podcast machine. I'm like, I never really thought of myself as a machine, but yeah, I appreciate being appreciated. <laughs> uh, let's see, one more. Yikes, murder and stuff. That's that's one. Uh, but anyway, just a little shout out for all those people. Were, and, and I'll tell you, I get frustrated with, obviously, media uh, and people on it. But this type of thing... When you read some of these reviews, these people are very sweet and kind. And even just to do it to begin with is wonderful. Gotcha. You know, so it's nice to be asked to do that. And also they're like, hey, do you have a commercial we can use? As a matter of fact, I have a couple. So I sent them that. And they're using them, which is wonderful. That's fantastic. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay. Let's Before we get to the good, let's get to the ugly quickly and briefly. 
have you caught up on the not MacGyver? The uh, you mean you mean the uh, mission MacGyver as a mission or faux MacGyver because yeah. or Hawaii? It, or, what is it? California Five O. Yeah, I think I've heard you refer to it as that. Yeah. I have not. Uh, the last episode I think I watched. I mean, this shows how kind of forgettable it was. It started out with Maddie on a balcony at like some kind of fancy schmancy party. Sure. That's pretty much the only. I think, wait, it was either that, whichever, it was either that episode or the one where they go back and revisit the ghost. Okay, well, you know what? The ghost was actually, uh, uh, script-wise, that was a better a better one. Like, that had some twists and turns that went, oh! Yeah, that was actually a pretty decent episode, but that I think it was either, the, whichever one aired last, I don't remember. Right. Because you know me, I, I let them build up and then I play catch-up. Um, I mean, the ghost episode was pretty good. My only critique with that. Well, we, yeah. Is, I mean, I, I can nitpick. It, so it many was moments. supposed to be, if I recall correctly, it was supposed to be in the underground, uh, of Paris, the catacombs. Okay. But yeah, the underground catacombs of Paris don't look like brick and mortar. They're catacomb looking, right. but. Well, that's, that's the least yeah. of their, uh. Uh, issues. I mean, the it's funny. The guy who does a lot of the science for it, or at least tries, Rhett A L L A I N Elaine. I don't want to mispronounce his name, but anyway, I always check to see after a show airs. He's like, okay, let's break it down. This could potentially kind of happen if they did it this way, but they didn't. Or this could really happen, but they didn't. And mm -hmm. you know, and he's nicely trying to fill in the giant gaps of every episode where they don't even bother to show him do the MacGyverism anymore. Right. I mean, nine out of ten times, he they just cut scene to, okay, you people are either too stupid to appreciate this or, yeah. you know, we they'll, don't care. They'll show him pick something up, and then the next thing you know, he's got this convoluted Wait, Wait a minute, whatever. wait a minute, there's one where he's checking to see if the guy who colored his hair, he's going to spray something on the back of a car taxi cab seat because it would react with the dye. Mm -hmm. I had to figure that out on my own because he sends whoever in the gang to the local store to get some stuff. I don't even know if he actually mentions what the things are. But he come, they come back and he starts... He bends down, and they don't show what he's doing, of course. Of course. But they have the rest of the gang make their jokes or comments. They're like, what, what are you working on there? He goes, well, I could tell you, but do you really want to know? So they don't – they didn't even try. So they're basically blatantly, you know. Oh, it's blatant. You know, so he oh. just pours some chemicals in and goes – and you're supposed to go, okay, good enough. It's – it's. let me – I started watching a, a Chicago PD. I don't know if you've watched it. They've, I've heard of it. I okay. haven't watched it yet. Do yourself a favor. If you're looking for a good show, start at the beginning. And Cindy said it best. She said the other day, you know, how did we not know about this show? Then she said, oh, that's right. Because it's like any, you think it's like any other cop show that comes around. Mm -hmm. 
and it's part of the Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD trifecta. That's a lot of work. I don't know if I really want to get into that. Well, they were showing, they show a marathon every Thursday on, doesn't matter, one of the channels. And the kids and I were going to watch something, and I just happened to catch the beginning of an episode, and all three of our little faces were stuck to that TV going, what is this show? I want to see what happens. Because they have mm -hmm. a way of, in the first couple minutes, grabbing you. And you're like, okay, this is this is fantastic. I want, How does this end? And they give you enough of the personal along with the cop side of it. Because what they are is they're a special unit. They're not necessarily all blue suit cops. Right. Um... So they kind of go above the law a little bit. You know, they'll punch a guy in the face while they interrogate him type of a thing. Well, I bring this up to compare. I'm watching it, and I've been, like I said, uh, uh, watching episode after episode after episode. And I'm really appreciating they shoot on location in mm -hmm. Chicago. Sophia Bush, who left the show fourth season, at the end of the fourth season, said one of the reasons she left, besides the fact that the powers that be were kind of talking down to her and treating her like, you know, the Me Too movement, basically. Gotcha. Um, was the fact that they would shoot on location no matter what the weather. Mm. And, and when you watch these episodes, these people are bundled up. Gotcha. And, you know, if it's winter, hey, if it's snowing, we don't care. And I'm watching an episode where a truck is they're chasing somebody. And this was planned before the snow, but this truck drives through like a corner park to make a shortcut. Mm -hmm. Wham! And the snow goes everywhere, and it's a one-shot take, and it whips around a corner. And I thought, that's, you know, I appreciate the dedication and the hard work with this. Mm -hmm. And then it clicked for me. I said, there it is. The difference between this and many other sh this show, or should I say, we go the opposite way, the Not MacGyver show and many other shows is the lack of care that they just they, for the audience, let alone production. Whoever is in charge of the scene to scene, saying, "Yeah, that's a good, that was a good take," needs to get out of there mm -hmm. because. I'm not dealing with that garbage on any other television show, including Hawaii Five-0, who are the same people. Right. The continuity, the attention to detail, the respect for the audience is just not there. I wrote down a couple things. There's an episode, and I mentioned this to you in a text, where besides skipping how he does what he does... Right, which it. was something that was integral to MacGyver early on, the original series early on. The room goes silent when, oh, here we go, MacGyver is thinking. To this day, you watch an actual MacGyver episode, uh-oh, you go, here it comes, and everybody shuts up, and they watch, and you're following along with him thinking, and, ooh, that's fan, oh, all okay, right, okay, I understand. They'd skip over all this because they just want explosions, run and explosions, gunfire and explosions. Yep. So at this point, it's it's blatant, and he slides. He uses a piece of cloth or something to ride a wire 
as he's chasing somebody to cut him off and catch catch the guy and knock him down. When he lands on, he knocks him down and jumps on top of him to grab his arms and tie him up from behind, tie his arms behind his back. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Whoever, <laughs> the actor, decides, not per se on purpose, obviously, but knowing what's coming, instinctually puts his arm back for him. Now, I don't know. Wow. If, I don't know if the guy's supposed to be unconscious or just hurt. Wow. He puts his arm back. Like you actually see him move yeah, his I arm. I see him move his arm. Not even a little bit. I'm wow. I'm I'm screaming at the TV. Uh, this now I I mean I could understand if it was like you could tell it was done from multiple takes. Like from one take, his arms in front yeah, of him. Yeah, sure. And the next, you know, that in that regards, I could understand that mix up because that that that's a that's a simple mistake that happens. Sure, sure. But to and actually see the person move their arm and they're supposed to be unconscious. Wow. Or even if they're conscious, the bad guy doesn't go, here, let me help you tie me up. I'm a deadly well, assassin. I'm, 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 de hey, I'm a deadly assassin, but oh, I guess you got me. Here you go. Yeah, that's... Wow. So, and then on this week's episode, and it's funny too, because MacGyver Online, uh, there's at least two people, I mentioned this before, who will jump on during an episode. And one guy is pro reboot and the other person not so much the not so much person is dead on with their criticisms during a filming because they're like wait a minute this week's episode they're being interrogated and they're tied up in a chair bah, 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 bah. bozer who's i guess the comic relief is talk the guy is screaming in his face and intimidating them and not MacGyver says, hey, there's one thing you're forgetting, though. How many how many grenades did you have on your vest? Three, right? Well, now you have two. What? Well, one of them pulled a grenade off the bad guy's chest and pulled the pin. So Bozer's holding the grenade. The bad guys run away. And now remember, they're under they're like in a cellar or something. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Bad guys run away, and now instead of just putting the pin back in, oh no, I can't find the pin, I can't find the pin. The pin had fallen through a grate in the floor. So, not MacGyver finds a toothpick and goes, ugh, uh, man. And then he goes on this whole, you know, the, the, the density of it isn't, and he starts getting all mathematical, which is not a MacGyver thing. Right. But, whatever, I'll, I'll take what they're saying is whatever this is. So that's not even the problem. The problem is he goes, well, come on, man, you got to hurry up. My hand's cramping up. Really? It's been 10 seconds. You can't hold a grenade together. So he goes, well, we could do, I guess we're going to have to use this paper, uh, this uh, toothpick. Is it going to hold? Nope. Start running. So they shove the, the toothpick in to hold it. Mm -hmm. And they start running, and he throws it as they run. And of course, as it as he throws it, they show it the the toothpick go, and it goes boom. 
the person from MacGyver Online I give credit to who thought what I thought. And his first thought was, why would you not just leave the building and then, like, then deal with it? Hold it, leave the yeah. building, either throw it far away like you do with the grenade or throw it back into a closed space or whatever. Right. Right. Uh, the other part is, and this is what I noticed, too, it blew up right away. There's a four-second delay. You pull the pin, you toss it, one, two, three, four, yeah. boom. And it's it's as soon as you let go of the, I think the term for it is the spoon, the, the metal part sure. that, activate, that actually activates the grenade. Right. As soon as that's flipped, you've got seconds to chuck four it. It's not instantaneous. The, yeah, the average is four seconds. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four, yeah. boom. Not as soon as it breaks, it blows up. Yeah, that, mm. wow. Another thing I noticed, and I got to say this to our listeners. You know, there's one guy who, for some reason, still sends us the same comment all the time about, oh, you're so negative about the new version and yeah god knows we know do we celebrate the fact are we happy that we're not happy no no i mean i i think i've even said numerous occasions i mean i know i engaged with the guy once never got a rebuttal but you know you do you dude right i mean i don't want to be disappointed in this newest iteration of macgyver i want it to live up to the legacy that was set back in the 80s. I mean, right. and it's just, it's not there. And it's its tragic. Well, and here's my point. I don't want to compare it to the original. It's nowhere near it. It's, you know, I can go down that road. The reason I bring it up is because, one, people, we do have to talk about it because it's MacGyver related to some extent, even if it's, yeah. title, even if it's title only. But the reason I bring it up now is the fact that they continue to be surprisingly insulting to the viewer. I yeah, thought, and I and thought about this. Remember the shows? Sad. Yeah, remember the shows in the '60s and the '70s, where you know, pick your any spy show, any cop show. They didn't have the technology to do certain stunts, or you could tell it was the stunt guy. You know, like, yeah. like Mikey and I laugh at we see the stunt, the obvious stunt guy on The Greatest American Hero. It's a guy wearing yeah. a blonde wig. Okay, but you know what? It's the best they can do at the time. But once you have hit technology that can keep up with, even if you didn't want to be Richard Dean Anderson and do your own stunts, uh, even if you, you know, had a stunt guy, you can digitally do anything. Yeah. So... Like packing peanuts being on on flame. I mean... Right. Or, yeah, God forbid they light something on fire. No, let's just do it digitally so it looks as phony as can be. Yeah. What, what The reason I bring this up is because in the world that we live in, it is amazing the lack of care and attention and respect for the audience that this show has, which is why I brought up Chicago PD, which is just a cop show. There is no special effect going on here. This is mm -hmm. a cop show, and they are amazingly doing 
the stuff that yeah. should anybody across the board. How do I put this? There is no show, including Hawaii Five O, by the same people, who do such a slipshod show. There's no effort at all, and it's by the same people. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I tune into uh, Hawaii Five O now and again, and they still have good episodes. It's not every week. Uh, but the one thing, and I tweeted this, I said the one thing that's consistent about Hawaii Five-0 that keeps it special or good to any extent, despite how many extra characters they have, is it's the relationship between McGarrett and Dano. The love they yeah. have for each other and the, like love that they, the love that they have for their family. Like they hug each other and say, I love you. That's a payoff. Yeah. That They don't hold back on that. Um, and they had a couple good episodes recently uh, that I really enjoyed. But despite any sort of nitpicks of writing, they typically don't insult the audience. They may have McGarrett rip his shirt off and do something unnecessarily, but they're not going, you know what, the audience is too stupid or impatient to watch our character put something together. So we're just going to cut scene to something exploding. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I noticed, and you're, you've noticed it, I'm sure. You probably saw this episode. They love to do the whole opening gambit with no payoff. Uh, first season of MacGyver, they used to do, everybody who's listening already knows this. In the beginning, they did like f- five opening gambits, which means before the credits, you get a mini adventure of MacGyver. Right. Well, within five minutes, they give you beginning, middle, end. Even if they had cut into the middle of an adventure, it wrapped up. That was, you know, the whole point of it was to show how he beat the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I remember one that was in the, it's in the opening credits where he, you see him, the shot that you see in the, you know, in the opening you know, gambit, so to speak, is him throwing what looks to be a, a spool of wire into a raft that yes. was taken from the first couple minutes of an episode where he was rescuing a woman who, you know, had been captured. You know, we, we knew very little, but we knew enough to be able to piece together what he was there for, how he got out of there, Actually, how he got sh- her out of there. They show him and, as he's yeah. walking out. You know, into the bad guy's campground, he explains it within a couple sentences. Great, so you're off and running. Yeah. This show, this new thing, is so insulting because they start you in the middle of a predicament. Yeah. And it's they, very predicamenty. And then they have, oh, I don't know, Jack. Jack and Mac are stuck in a cage together. And they're bickering with each other like McGarrett and Dano. And like, okay, whatever, I'll take it. But then there's no payoff. You, they never get out of the situation. They yeah. start you in the middle of nowhere, and they leave you in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and it's just, it, it's as you said, it's insulting. It's so insulting. Did you see the latest one where they're stuck in a cage, and there's a skeleton already there from the last guy that was left there? And there's a dog outside the cage, and oh, if I mess with this door, the bomb's going to go off. 
I have not. I like I said. I think I might be. I just I, while. Uh, okay, you're gonna see that probably was, the next one that you see. Around earlier, I did notice that I'm at least two episodes behind. Wow. The, after I, I thought it, break. I thought you might have seen this one by now because they're up, they're in the forest or something, and they're stuck in a cage, and there's a dog outside the cage, growling at them. But I think it has the key around its neck or in its mouth or something stupid and unreasonable. I won't, I won't well, spoil I, it for I keep you. people hostage, I often put the, the key to their safety around, you know, the neck of my dog, who's the sweetest freaking animal in the world and just wants attention from anybody and everybody right. or anything and everybody. But the cage, oh. the cage, the big cage that they're in has a bomb on the door where if you mess with it, it'll go off. I don't want to spoil. I could spoil it because who cares? I was gonna say I already know how this is gonna pan out. It's gonna be some BS BS logic nope. that you know nope. they get out of it. No, no, oh, my wow. friend. No, my friend. This is why I bring this up because they don't let them get out of the cage. They mouth off to each other. He gets instead of just getting his belt and like the dog had dropped the key. Okay, great. And the dog leaves for a couple minutes to give them this opportunity. So the key is out of arm's reach. They're reaching through and they can't reach it. So not MacGyver gets his belt and for no reason whatsoever takes apart the inside of his shoe. I'm sorry, the dead guy's shoe because there's a skeleton in there with some clothes left over. So he goes and takes the shoe. Now... I'm even thinking of a specific actual MacGyver episode from the seventh season called Deadly Silence or something like that, where he has he uses the the belt or the hose and his shoe to catch the ladder that's thrown over the the tub, the big pool that they're going to drown in. Mm-hmm. Remember when they're in the movie lot? I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Henry Gibson is the is the guy who's stuck in the water with them. And he ties the shoe to be like a grapple to grab it. So -hmm. that's all they have to do here. He takes his belt off. If you tie your shoe to the end of the belt buckle, you toss it out there and you pull it back with the shoe being the main thing that is going to drag the key towards you. But no, they have to do the unnecessary step of him gutting a shoe to get the heel out of it. Out of it. Well, here, here's my thinking. Why didn't he just, you know, borrow an arm from the corpse, from the skeleton? Sure. sure. That's another option. I mean, I, I, not I, having I not seen the episode, I don't know the distance they have to trans, they have to transverse. But yeah, well, I mean, there are far easier solutions. And he goes, oh my god. So here's gonna, the, wait. Here's the point. Wow. He reaches. He reaches. He doesn't quite get. He starts to get it, and the dog comes back and picks up the key again. <clears throat> and they just go, oh, and then they go, they cut to credits. I want to let that sink in for a second. Just my brain hurts. So you started at nowhere and you left at nowhere. We're just supposed to go, oh, well, they got out of it. Why? Because poof, we want you to just accept everything this guy does. It's unrealistic. It's uncharacteristic of actual MacGyver. You don't just snap your fingers, cut to a scene, and just go, you people understand. You get it. Wow. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to have a uh, frosty beverage. I think Mm. when I go to watch these episodes, I, well, I'm telling you, they, uh, 
the, the whole reason I bring it up isn't just, I'm not enjoying picking on it, but it is the worst, it is the worst show that doesn't have to be that bad. I understand it wasn't well, going to be as great as we want it to be. Right. It's just but so I, you know, insulting. It, it says something about the writing, or the writers, too. I mean, it's a very common practice for storytellers to have you come in in the middle of a conversation or the middle of something. Sure. And I, I was fine common. with that. I'm okay and it, with that. And it's a tried-true method that, that does help convey story elements without actually hitting you over the head with like a like yep. a brick. It could of be charming. What's going on. You That's, know, it could be it could be done in a way that really sells the story, really sells the dynamic of the characters, really just mm -hmm. immerses you. But when you are literally doing something that you know, you start the you start almost every single episode like that, and then you don't even show them escaping. You don't show like you don't necessarily have to show them escape from the cage, run down the road, get in a car, drive to the airport, fly home, or anything like that. But at least show them getting out of the immediate predicament. Yes, yes. You need to you uh, okay. Writing one hundred and one for anything, book, story, writing on the back of toilet paper. It doesn't matter. You don't just not have a payoff. I don't care where yeah. you start it, but you do have to have an ending. You have to have a conclusion. Do you, do they think that their cute bickering is is all we need? Is that what they think? I don't know. I I think it says something about the particular writing team that they have in charge of of MacGyver. I mean, you've already said that you know the Hawaii Five O series does have some. Some gems. They've got they're, some good They really are. They really are. I mean, and I watch NCIS. I watch NCIS New Orleans. I couldn't get into Los Angeles because it seems like they're always dealing with <coughs> stuff that isn't <coughs> the purview of the NCIS, but mm. that's besides the point. It may have changed since season one. Like I said, I haven't watched it in years. But, you know, those shows have something in common. You get the payoff. You yeah you ha you may have the the you know the formulaic stuff that's prevalent in a lot of CW or CBS shows, but you have the payoff. You know that by you know the time those credits roll, you're gonna have a payoff, or you're gonna have the setup for an even bigger payoff if it happens to be like a two part episode or what have you. Yeah. Right. Right. And you know this this series, it's unfortunate because you know me. I've very much been trying to, you know, be the well. Let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. Yes, you know, you are very good like, about that. It, it's hard for me to care. And unfortunately, with with the bit of news, I think I don't remember if we covered that in a previous episode or not. But with George Eads, that was going to be the next thing I was going to mention. You know, with the news of his imminent departure from the series. You know, it it makes it harder for me to care. And the whole thing with George Eads really kind of grinds my gears because, you know, there you have an actor who you initially told, oh, we're going to be filming in L.A. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, we're filming over on the East Coast. Too bad. You already signed a contract. Yeah, it's like, <clears throat> you know, yeah, I understand that might be how, you know, the business proverbially works, but... It doesn't make it right. You can't get upset and angry 
when that actor, you know, after multiple years of not necessarily being there for the things with his family that he wants to be there for, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I, I hmm. and you know what? I try to think about it. Everything is a team effort. So you can't point at one person per se. Uh, but like you're saying the writers, okay. But there's an overseer. Oh yeah, it's the writers and the showrunner, and, 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 and it comes back to it comes back to a remark you and I had made a while ago about the showrunners should have some form of oath. oath. Yep, that's right. They need. And to I don't care. remember. If that, I don't remember if that was you know an episode of this one or the Never Gets Old podcast, but heck, we may have covered it in both. I'm sure. We but have. it's it's something that really needs to be, I think, considered because these showrunners end up taking something that could be amazing and they either take it too long and it just loses its spark mm-hmm. or they grind it into a paste and it just becomes you know nothing like what it could have been right well <clears throat> in that uh area let me tell you some fun stories I got talking to the woman who does dashboard on fire. Okay. Remember we mentioned that before and we, I said <clears throat> mistakenly because well, I'll tell you in a minute, I said, there's a couple people who are really trying with this show to promote it. And I guarantee they must be on the payroll. And I said, dashboard on fire has to be one of them. Well, she wrote to me and said, I don't know where you got the idea, but I, I, honest to God, I don't get paid by them. This is completely me. And as a matter of fact, that she does more work on behalf of this show promoting it mm-hmm. than CBS ever does. CBS doesn't do commercials for the show until it's like a day before. Wow. There's no previews for, you know, like Hawaii Five O will get a, a week preview uh, but there's a constant joke going up about, huh, look at this. The 2016 Not MacGyver gets nothing. No previews, no yeah, promotional it's almost, it's almost as if the the people between the show and the executives at the network, you know, the executives kind of are like, we know the fans don't like it. We know they don't care about it. So we're not going to bother. Or actually, I'll, here's what I'm saying. She starts filling me in on stuff because what I pointed out to her was, you know, if you're not on the payroll, you deserve to be. Oh, absolutely. She does behind the scenes pictures. She's writing blogs, behind the scenes pictures, keeps up on a daily uh, uh, rumor mill and news and pumps this stuff out daily. I mean, it's really impressive. And she was telling me that a lot of the decisions she was kind of trying to say like, Linkoff it isn't to be blamed as much as say the CBS executives are for these bad decisions right out of the gate. Originally they didn't even want to have a theme song and Linkoff pushed for a theme song. Okay. It's not the MacGyver theme song and I'm glad that it isn't. Right. Um because it's not MacGyver, so let it be its own thing own thing yep but she said like you know he's not the guys making all all the bad decisions i said okay 
However, my point is if you're going to stand there and, and cheer for what is, you know, you can't stand there and go, we're number one on Fridays at 8 o'clock. Yay, look at us. Well, then you also get to accept the bad. Like if, yeah. if, if you're going to stand there and cheer for that, then you also get to take the blame for whatever part is your fault. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to, to tell everybody about that. If you do like the show and you want to keep up on any of that news, besides MacGyver Online, Dashboard on Fire, they have a, uh, she has a Twitter page too, but it's dashboardonfire.wordpress.com where she blogs all the time. And you get, like I said, you get all these behind the scenes photos daily. Um, just anything related to that, they're She's very good at it, so I wanted to give her a at a at a girl for that. Cool. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's good that you. I mean, it sounds to me like a conversation that could have ended very badly because she could have taken major offense. Right. To it, it sounds like she was like, "No, nah, look, I'm not a, I'm not paid for it." But you acknowledged that. I mean, she puts a lot of hard work into a it. A lot of hard work. It doesn't matter if I like the show. I still admire and respect. I mean, I can, I can, all the I can work. absolutely respect the the hard work that that lady puts in. Right. So, um, and like I said, we were having a wonderful back and forth, and I'm sure I will do that again with her. Um, I just didn't want to be a pest, you know. Like, okay, so hey, here's another, you know, here's another thought. Um, so yeah, I, that that was basically the gripes that I. Ha that we haven't necessarily said before that I wanted to put out there because it continues to be, and I'm constantly thinking of this, I cannot think of a worse produced show, not because of lack of money, but because of lack of care. There's a lot of shortcuts yeah. that are done from scene to scene that you're like, that you didn't need to do that. You didn't need to cut to this. Like even just yeah. the stunt work is shoddy where they don't even show, okay, remember the one where he said he swings across a rope, knocks the guy over? Mm -hmm. They don't show him slide on, and I'm trying to think, Was the, as I'm watching, I'm like, do I have a problem with the directing of this because they didn't pick an angle I liked? Oh, no. They skipped over the whole stunt of him sliding all the way down the rope. They show him start, and they show they cut to him landing on the guy. He had to swing over a rope over a big opening, basically. From Gotcha. You know what I mean? From one balcony to another, say. Uh, gotcha. I just thought, see, what are you doing? Just And from what I understand, there's a lot of infighting behind the scenes. It, hmm. was, it wasn't just Georgie's being ticked and walking off set. Um, from what I understand, the rumor mill at least, is that the people who are running the show, are fighting amongst themselves. So at least somebody, wow. I agree I agree with one one of those people. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure there's somebody there going, uh, can we, wait a minute, you can't do that? And the other guy's saying, shut up, it's my yeah. show, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, or whoever the director is that particular day, or wherever whoever. the fighting, yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm sure I agree with somebody. That's uh, frustrating. I, I mean, and unfortunately, that has an impact on their on their show sure sure so i mean i'm not there but ooh, i don't know if i necessarily would want to be you know they film in yeah. atlanta you know that right? i told you yeah that. yeah okay. yeah are you kidding some of the locations i've i've seen when they're in in the cities yeah i've noticed or <laughs> i've recognized <laughs> I've been there. 
in in the I think it was the first season you see the guys again this is one of the opening gambits where you, you know they're in the middle of in the middle of it, trouble and then you don't get a resolution right. you see them running down a uh, sky bridge mm-hmm. I've been on that sky bridge because I recognize I recognize the architecture of the sky bridge and the architecture of the buildings that you can see through the the windows oh uh, this week's episode it doesn't really matter plot wise, but there's supposed to be four of them that are going undercover, right? Okay. Well, this was the episode that George Eads walked out on. So the head writer guy is tweeting along with the episode. Gotcha. <laughs> and they walk into a room and Riley is supposed to be the head of this group because the, the other bad guys don't know what the female looks like. So, She's posing as that person. And they go, wait a minute, wasn't there supposed to be four of you? And she goes, yeah. He's out. I took, We took care of him. He won't be coming back. Or something like that. Hmm. And I tweeted, not to be bold, but I just thought, let me ask. It doesn't hurt. You can either ignore it or whatever. But I wrote to the head uh, guy, I said, was that a shot at George Eads because he was supposed to be in this episode? Is this like a, you know, he was supposed to be there and now he's not. So they're like, yeah, he won't be coming back type of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I quoted the line to him and he was nice and responded and said, yeah, did you notice how she, uh, she was tough and playing the, the kick butt girl. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, thank you. You didn't answer the question though, did you? And then everybody else was like, yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, me too. We see what you're doing. Very, very subtle. Yep. Um, all right. Let's get on to the good. We're going to talk about the episode. Let's go with the OG. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, sure. Um, <laughs> first season what, episode. Short for original. That's what the. Is that what, what that is? Think. OG? Well, of course, you know, you know, my, my lingo is usually dated anyway, so. That's okay. We'll, but, uh, we'll go with the actual. How about that? Yeah. The AC. Or, I don't know. Original. There we go. Yeah. Uh, the episode is called The Prodigal, which I remember being a kid and looking at the title and going, The Pro, Pro, Protogal. I didn't yeah, know, I remember I, struggling the name, struggling with the name when I was a kid, too. Right? Because it's not a word that you use. Yeah. And you didn't know the prodigal son, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So, Nowadays, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I get the reference. But, you know, back then, it's like, okay, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let me see. I had. What if I still do? Of course not. I had all the notes up. On. The no, I don't. Of course not. Oh, okay. Well, I will find some notes. But basically, I want to give credit to. The right people. Um, tell me. Well, first of all, did you watch it today? Yes, I did. I watched it uh, right before we started the podcast. Oh, wait. You know what? I do have it up. Never mind. Here it is. Okay. <clears throat> Episode 9, air date December 8th, 1985. MacGyver is hired to arrange a new life for a protected federal witness who's testifying against his mobster brother and to help him visit his sick mother before she dies. Teleplay by David 
Abramowitz story by Paul Savage and David Abramowitz. That's it, Abramowitz. I, I knew I recognized the name. Directed by Alexander Singer. Guest starring Richard Romanus as Joey Bennett, Robert Romanus as Frank Bennett, Carl Franklin as Andrew Wiley, Angela Clark as Katrina Bennett, Michael Champion as Larson, Tom Ormany as Bridges, Catherine Wallach as Carol, James Hess as Vincent Ivory, Stan Camber as Max, John Mahan as Vendor, and Mario Roberts as Tommy. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, that's basically all you need to know. Uh, <laughs> little side note. Richard uh, Romanus, who plays Joey, people mm -hmm. who recognize him, he's very noticeable uh, from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. That's what everybody knows him from. So he's also one of those guys, every time I see him, he's just very distinctive. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was funny. And honestly, I didn't even give it much thought when uh, I was watching the episode. Watching it, I'm like, okay, well, that guy is the guy from Fast Times at Richmond High. And the other, or the one that was his brother, I'm like, wow. And like the entire time I'm watching the episode, I'm like, they did a really good job. Right. I was just about to say like each other. Guys look kind like of they could... each other. Yeah. So, and I generally don't pay attention to the credits, unfortunately, but you know, knowing that, you know, they were in fact brothers. That's just, that's amazing. Isn't I love that it. Amazing? When, yeah. I, I love it when shows do that. I remember ever since I was a kid watching it and going, yeah, I'd buy them as brothers. Yeah, definitely. Well, then you find yeah. out, Oh, I only found this out there. recently, by the way, I never, yeah, did a deep dive. I just went, okay, they just did really good casting. Oh, holy crap, they are actually brothers. I found this out a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the funny thing. There are some times where they do that good of a casting job with character, with actors, uh -huh. you know. Uh -huh. Or like younger versions of the same actor. You're like, okay, I, I buy that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And the it's funny because the brother actually, I've seen him more than I've seen the guy from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. Yeah. He usually always plays, you know, one of those wise guy type. Yeah. He's a, he's a good gangster. Yeah. And this is no different. Uh, all right. So no opening gambit for this episode. Nope. I don't know if they were done by then with the opening gambits. Um, um I don't think so. I think they were sporadic throughout the first season. I think by the second season, they were they more were or less kind of done. They were done because they didn't want to have to drive to a new location. That was their whole logic yeah. behind it all was, yeah, we know we could be doing this, but meh, you know, it, it costs money and time to do that. It's better just to dive right into the episode. Yeah. And I can understand that. That's, a, that's an understandable reasoning as to wanting to forgo that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is an opening gambit in the next one. It's kitchen magic. That's going to be there. Kitchen Magic is the one where he has to rescue the Lady General. I'll have to, I'll have to watch oh, it, yeah. of course. It's the first one with Grandpa Harry. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> all right. So this is kind of fun because it starts off with – it's these little things that they do not do on the re-whatever. Uh, well, no, they try, but it doesn't come off as natural. 
basically it's the little quiet moments. Yeah. In in, in the 2016 version, it feels forced and ham-fisted. Yeah, it's, it doesn't have that natural, organic feel Done to for it. laughs. Where here, it's just MacGyver up on his balcony. Yeah. Looking out at the day. And he's wearing a Minnesota sweatshirt, which I'm sure was his own. Probably. He just wore it a set. And he's like, yeah, mind if I wear this? Yeah, go ahead. So he's just talking about enjoying the day. Not often does he get to just wake up and not have a care in the world. And he's drinking orange juice. And he goes down to get his mail. I love that. Yep. It's it's just the yeah, little... and, and the little and the little crack about you know how there's got to be a warehouse somewhere cranking this stuff out. You know, it's just we all have had that thought. You know, and, it's very and it's natural. always charming when he does it. There's a there's a there's a sweet, sincere charm to his little random thoughts of that. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, and little things like he dropped the mail as he's pulling out the mail, a piece of it fell. It's little things where they didn't call cut or whatever. They just roll. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Joey shows up and MacGyver is hired. And I'm wondering how this came about, if this came through the government. I'm figuring it does. Probably. Because it's federal protection. So they probably, I don't know if he volunteered for such a thing. Because this is not his typical. Yeah, it's probably, I always chalk it up to, it's something that probably originated with some contact through the phoenix foundation well this is before the phoenix foundation well this is something that was yeah something that eventually would be you know a connection through dxs that you know i agree you know what i meant you know what i meant by that during this first season in particular they really he was working basically for the pentagon like yeah, he was an indepe- he was more or less an independent contractor. Yeah. So I'm wondering how this came about where we're going to let you be the setup guy for this guy's new life. Which I'm thinking all he had to do is basically point Joey in the right direction. You know what I mean? Like, I- yeah. I'll call this guy for you. We're going to put you here. I'm going to keep you safe until you're- you have your new life. Yeah. Um. So Joey shows up in his car, and he makes a comment. MacGyver makes a comment about how it's not too flashy. It's a nice car, kind of Mm -hmm. a car an architect would drive, which is what Joey is. And Joey comes – it's just – it's the little things, like I said, where he's like, do you want a coffee? As they're talking, want to get you coffee? And he runs over – oh, and when he came downstairs to get his mail, he waves to somebody off camera. He looks over to the side like morning type of a thing. It's not, there's no emphasis put on it. It's very, you could skip over it if you weren't paying attention. It has nothing yeah, to do with anything. It's, it's a very natural feel to it. Which they, yeah, which he just pulls off. He's just yeah. doing that. And I'm sure he wasn't told, wave to that guy. No, yeah. he made eye contact, he waved. And, 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 for, all, and for all we know, it might have been something that just happened spur of the moment. Some random dude probably saw a guy getting his mail, waved, right. taking it with somebody else. You know, it's... You never know. I mean, now that that apartment that he's in, a a fan of MacGyver was at that place now. Okay. Recently, they posted it. I'm sure if you go through MacGyver online on Twitter uh, or any of the MacGyver related sites, you'll find it. But he said this is like a dream come true, like a checklist, bucket list type of thing. Nice. He, He got his picture taken outside of what that place looks like today. Huh not as good of condition. Oh. 
that's that's unfortunate. Uh, basically, they built a wall between the sidewalk and where the seats are. You know where all those tables are. Okay. Okay. So the basic the building basically looks the same. A couple of the windows have been updated with storm windows or replaced or whatever, but it's still the same circle windows and the same pad, yeah. you know, balcony and all that. But there's a stone, half stone, half uh, thick glass wall that separates it and a gate. Gotcha. So I guess instead of it being a store anymore, it's just a private residence. There's no Probably. cafe on the bottom. And uh, somebody spray painted on the on the gate door. Yeah. And from what I heard a just couple in, years just ago... In gen- just in general, that's, that's in bad taste. Right. From but, what I understand, that neighborhood is not as great as it once was. It's been neglected. Gotcha. Um... So, anyway, they're talking. He's like, hey, you're going to get me set up with this new life? Yep. And you want a coffee? Yeah. And as he's talking to him, he goes and gets him a coffee, which I guess the cafe just happened to have a bunch out. Probably. Because he just runs over, grabs one, and brings it back. And as he goes to make a phone call to see where the Fed guy is, this car pulls up and grabs him. And he fights yeah. them a little bit. and But basically gets kidnapped and macgyver i love he comes down sees this happening jumps over the banister yeah immediately just goes after them i don't know what he thought he was going to do but if he since he wasn't able to get in front of the car he continues to run over to frank's car thinking i'll quickly take his car right well frank's car didn't have the keys in it right so they show him go i I gotta uh and he pulls um from blueprints that are on the, in the passenger side, he pulls a paper clip, uses it to start the car, and follows them. Yeah. And it's cute. Another little thing that he does with charm. Now, technically, I'm driving a stolen car following a kidnapping. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little, oh, yeah, I guess so. Like, little yeah. things like that, you're like, oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, so, you know, try to, you know, not be too aggressive with the speed. <laughs> so... Basically, uh, Joey's brother, Frank, wants to have a word with them, is the nice way of putting it. Yeah. Um, MacGyver follows him. It's in a warehouse. Before he goes in, he pops. He uses his knife to pop the trunk and get the uh, tire, tire iron and take a, take all the bolts off the, the car. Yeah, the lug nuts out of the one of the wheels, yeah. And... Then he follows him inside where, well, Frank is talking to Joey and telling him, you know, I hear you're uh, talking to some feds. You're going to rat on me. He's like, no, I'm not. Really? Here's the transcript. Because, yeah, they talked. I listened. So what? And basically Frank is going to shoot his brother. Actually, he's going to have his, his one of his henchmen do it. Yeah, his, his henchmen, his thug Max do it, yeah. And Joey says... If you're going to kill me, you do it. And it's something because I'm watching it a little bit today right before I called you. And you watch Frank talk to him. Instead of just shoot, pointing it, he has to work himself up to it. Yeah, I mean, and that says a lot about the on the actor's part because you could tell initially he didn't want to have to kill his brother. You know, you still have that 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 spark of, I don't want to do this, but in order for me to quote unquote protect dad's legacy and everything. Oh, cause the dad was a, a mobster too. Yeah. It, you know, it, 
it was a way of telegraphing things without just hitting you over the head with a table, you know? Exactly. And it's funny because he's talking, he goes, you know, you do this to me? You, and it's realistic because he's not going to just shoot him. He has to work himself up and show, yeah, wait, I'm mad. I have to make myself mad enough to shoot my brother. Yeah. Well, my God. And it almost makes me wonder if they, you know, if they pulled that from real life because they are brothers. <laughs> yes. wonder if they got into a shouting match before filming or something, you know, because it, it felt natural. It didn't feel rehearsed or, you know. Exactly. Well, it's so funny. As we're talking, uh, Mixed Media Forest podcast said hashtag Padwatch or Podwatch on the new episode features my favorite author, audiobooks, and story smack. And Mac Jackson's Never Gets Old and MacGyver podcast and MacGyver SG1 podcast. And that's sweet. And the, and the, the gift that he uses is from the episode that we're talking about right now. Oh, nice. And which podcast is this? This is Mixed Media Forest Podcast. Mixed Media Forest Podcast. I may have to check that out. Oh, yeah. he's. I like his voice. He's very uh, soothing to listen to. Um, anywho. Uh, yeah, so MacGyver is up above them, putting together with wood and a vacuum and some wood chips, basically a distraction and a string so that he's far enough away. And right before Frank is going to pull the trigger, MacGyver pulls it, starts a saw, which then kicks off the wood and, and is now spitting out the wood to hit all the guys below. And while they're ducking for cover and covering their eyes, MacGyver slides down, grabs Joey and gets out of there. Yeah, which... Go I'm going to laugh. I, I got to laugh when I, when I'm watching this episode, it reminded me that I remembered this episode specifically when you did your uh, first episode of the. Yes. The guy's rest you one. Cause I, I remember like getting snit like flashes in my head of this sequence in that, while I was listening to that podcast. As I'm writing it, I'm like, well, there's, story, yeah. it's a furniture store. So there's going to be wood chips. There's going to be, oh, yeah, you know what? This is what this is reminding me of. Yeah, it was just, it was very cool to still have that, you know, recollection. Yeah. Um, so, anywho, yeah, on, on, on this guy's newest episode, he played, uh, he talked about us and played the commercial, which is very sweet. Um, so, yeah, they get out of there, and, of course, they go to chase them, and the tire falls off, so they can't chase them, which I, you know, so brilliantly practical. Yeah. He, he thought absolutely. ahead, which I don't see them doing that in this new one at all. It would let's go right for a chase and then he's going to they're going to be chased. And, or they're not even going to show it. It's just miraculously something that happened without, you know, it's like, yeah, OK. Mm -hmm. So they go back to MacGyver's place and it's really neat because as they're talking, MacGyver is filthy now. He's got wood chips. Yeah. He's got dirt on him. And oh, one of the things that they would never show when they would show it as a repeat is as they're driving away, he goes, you, you helped me out. Why did you go to that effort? You put yourself in danger for me. And MacGyver's driving. goes, yeah, well, you didn't pay for your coffee. so Yeah. They never play that. So when I saw it today, I'm like, oh, that's so neat. I love you know little moments like that. The, they the little moments, yeah. Because then they have a little chuckle together. 
Then they go back to MacGyver's place, and Joey had gone and taken a shower, and MacGyver was changing his shirt when the Fed guy shows up. Yeah, and I love the fact that the guy like flashes his ID, like like <laughs> literally right in the guy's face. He's like, "Yeah, I know who you are." Yeah, by now. Like, yeah, it's like sorry, it's procedure or whatever. I'm like, that's pretty, you know, pretty on point with the people that are like very. And it's funny book, too because you know? this guy is not unlikable. The Fed guy. Yeah, and he, I, and he's he, but he definitely is so by the book. He's so yeah. by the book that despite being reasonable and practical he's still too hooked on he must have just become a fed recently because yeah or he just this is like his his big chance to prove supervisory role or whatever yeah. you know so it, it, joey wants to go see his dying mother and they both go nope your brother knows you're gonna be there so he goes macgyver will you stop in and check on her yeah and so he does and who's there but Frank? Yeah. And I love the the he doesn't even really pause in the hallway when he had when he first makes that eye contact. He does end up stopping, but like as he's in mid in mid step, he just kinda like has that moment of, oh, okay, this is gonna be interesting. And then he, he comes to a complete stop to meet him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's that you know, nowadays you know, and nowadays they'd be like basically you know, trying to measure up to each other, but you know, he knows he can't do anything to MacGyver because he's in a hospital. Mm -hmm. MacGyver knows he can't do anything to him because he's in the hospital, but he isn't an a-hole about it. He's cool. Still respectful. He's, you know, he, you know, it's the, I was here to pass on a message to your, to your mother. You know, I was just, doing the responsible thing, doing the respectful thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, I love that. You, you know, uh, it's just, it's the little details like that that make this show so wonderful to watch. Right? And timeless. That's the thing. It's yeah. Just, this isn't like, a, oh, you can tell this was made in the 1960s or 70s because yeah. of the outfit. Well, I mean, it, it does, I do have to laugh. Like, the initial thought early on when he's like, well, I'll go call you know, Wallace to see where he's at. My initial thought nowadays would be, well, just reach into your pocket and grab your cell sure. phone. It's like sure. back when uh, Agent Carter was on on TV. You know, the, one of the episodes they need to take a picture of a, or they need to remember what a symbol is or whatever. And Jess is sitting next to me on the couch. It's like, well, just take a picture with your phone. And it's like, well, Dippy, you know, they didn't have <laughs> cell phones. That's that just goes to show how integrated these things in the short grand scheme of things how quickly they have integrated into our lives we we don't even give it a second thought anymore yeah 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 so i mean that's really the only thing realistically that's that does kind of date it because we've become so reliant on cell phones <coughs> and then you know it's just still wonderful though because once you get past that oh right it's this takes place in the in the 80s cell phones weren't really a thing mm -hmm. Okay, you know, then and you can... It also ups the ante in a lot of these situations because life is not as easy as technology can make it now. Oh, absolutely, you yeah. Know, you, you have to actually do the work. Um, <laughs> which I remember Richard Dean Anderson saying years ago about, oh, I don't know, I, I wonder how MacGyver would work if we were to pick up the show today <clears throat> because of technology being so different. Well, 
clearly you can do it. And MacGyver is not it's not locked in time. It's a state of mind, you know, yeah. practical engineering mixed with knowledge. Yeah. So I I already had this thought in my head. It would be so exciting to watch him be MacGyver today. If we could jump into an episode of by the way, I had a dream of this, by the way. Where right. we got to see a new episode of MacGyver. And I was so excited. And then I woke up and I went, Ah, oh, that wasn't real. Ah, oh, darn it. I, I had it playing out in my head. Hmm. And it picked up right with him today, being him. Of course, part of it has might have to do with my own series, but it, it, it was fun. I was thrilled. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so then the Fed guy trying to protect Joey takes Joey into federal protection. Yeah, into basically federal custody. And you know, MacGyver said, yes. Yeah, locked down at a location, yeah. But MacGyver says, we got to get him to his mother. His mother's going to die. Yeah. And the Fed guy says, I don't really care. And I love this because... Now it's a it's a moral debate that MacGyver is having with the Fed guy who's trying to do the right thing. Right. But MacGyver's like, you know, it's his mother. Like, you know, and then causing a big scene in the hall. He's like, you know, I don't know, laws, I don't know, people's rights to all right, all right, all right, calm down, calm down. Like he he won't let the guy walk away. It was really yeah. funny. So then, okay, you're not going to let the guy out. Oh, I love it. He says, I'm on Joey Bennett's side, by the way. I'm just letting you know. Like he's yelling it to him as he's walking away. Yeah. And this is something. Because MacGyver has to go against the Fed guy. Right. Not the not a bad guy. But now you're going to break into or break out of the federal offices to help this guy see his mother. So you're a good guy fighting a good guy for a better reason. Yeah, it, it gets into a very interesting moral situation, really. Right, because the Fed guy isn't wrong either. No, I mean, the Fed the Fed is, is honest to God, right, in his reasoning and everything. He's kind of a D-bag for knowing that Joey's mother was going to be dying and just doesn't not care. trying to make any kind of effort to, you know, give him the those last moments. But, you know, he's also trying to protect somebody who is integral in, you know, bringing down his brother. And it's that red tape thing, too. Yeah. I mean, MacGyver always talks about how he hates red tape. And this is one of those situations where you're like, oh, man, legally, there's a lot of yeah. T's to cross and I's to dot. And that sucks. So, <laughs> I love what happens. MacGyver gets really antagonistic, where he goes into the store and gets soda and mm -hmm. pop rocks and dry ice. And I love the guy at the counter who's realistic, just very, you know, whatever, dude, I'm just here. Give me the money. It's a typical yeah. day for him. He goes, you got any dry ice? You know, you can't put that in the soda, the guy tells him. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. All right. So he buys the dry ice. And, and, doesn't, even, and doesn't even bat an eye. Doesn't even, like, okay, you know, like, 
I'm sorry, but if I was the shop owner, I'm like, and I heard that, I'm like, you know what? I'll give you the soda, or I'll sell you the soda and the pop rocks. I'm suddenly not comfortable with the dry ice, you know. <laughs> and that would have been a, and that honestly would have been a very interesting situation for them to put him in. Like, okay, he got the soda, he got the pop rocks. Now he doesn't have the, you know, the one little. What would he have done then? You know, it just. Yeah, he would have worked around it, I'm sure. Because and it, it would have been an interesting situation to show him in. And it's brilliant, too, because I love it. It's, oh, yeah. it's in the ventilation, so you're going to hear that pop and sizzle. I, mm-hmm. It's so smart. Plus the smoke, why wouldn't you think fire? Yeah. And uh, what about when he walks over <laughs> walks over to the car that they're going to take him in, looks around, and drops to his back? Like, that movement was so cool it's yeah and, you know what i mean like he didn't do it to be cool but he looks around and goes all right blah, blah, and, and gets under there and cuts the wire or just you know disconnects it the, yeah. the tubing not the wire but and then rents the uh the tow truck yeah and so they're driving they think there's fire so they take joey out and they're gonna move him to a safe house yeah which makes sense if this is brilliant writing because MacGyver already thought ahead and went, you know what? I better follow close behind. And then when they pull over, you guys need a tow truck? And he's, and I love the character that he's doing. Because yeah. he's aggravating them and he doesn't need to aggravate them. This is yeah. not necessary. Well, well, and it's funny because, you know, he does roll up and he's like, well, I'm on the way to another call. And the guy immediately flashes his badge. Yeah. And then it's like at that point, it's like. Always have time for a badge. Yep. It's the, okay, I've got the time for you now, but I'm going to inconvenience you by being a bit of a, you know, a bit <laughs> yeah, of a yeah, jerk. Yeah. And the way and it, go ahead. And, and it's not in a, you know, belligerent way. It's just, you know, a very realistic, like when the, the whole thing with the, uh, the hook, not dropping right or what have you. And he's like talking about it needing fixed or replaced or whatever very natural things i'm sure anyone who's had multiple encounters with a tow truck driver has had that kind of conversation i'm sure you know yeah and just yeah such great writing i mean well and the way that he goes on oh i tell you there's this lady in holler man you should i'm gonna you want to hear holler the guy he just ticks the guy off because the guy's already ticked, so he just kind of nudges him and nudges him yeah, and nudges him. Kind of like, poke. And he's like, ripped it. Ripped it. Clean off. Clean. And holler, you should have seen. And by then he gets interrupted. Yeah, and at that point you could see the guy like just like his blood starting to boil because, oh. you know, these poor feds, you know, their building was on fire. You know, their, their vehicle is basically <laughs> falling apart. And then this yokel backs his his tow truck slams right into the thing. I mean, sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then he like, you know, he, he nods towards the front for Joey yeah. to get in there and then leaves them. I love that. Takes them yeah. down an alley and then drops it. Yep. Blocking them in. And be, I love the beautiful timing of it too, because the guy's like, Oh, you know, they can't get really far from us now. Drops the thing. And it's like, and the guy's like, had to open your mouth. <laughs> had to say something. Yeah, like, yeah, how, how far does this guy think he's going to get in a tow truck? Oh, right. right. Yeah, that's right, because he took off with their car without them. 
So they commandeer yeah. another car and then just leave them. That was great. But then they get to the hospital and they think yeah. they're too late because the bed's empty. Yeah, I like that moment of, oh, you know. <laughs> Oopsie. Uh, and it turns out that Frank had the mother moved to their house. Yeah. Which that house we'll see again. I was going to say, I saw the house and I'm like, this place looks familiar from at least one or two episodes. Exactly. That stairwell in particular is very noticeable and I've seen it on other shows. It's, yeah. It's like how you now see Jack's cabin in Psych or, you know, other shows yeah. because it's the guy who owns it loans it out to studios to be used. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically Frank took the mother there to make sure that, okay, you want to see your mother so bad, show up, and then I'm going to kill you. Yeah. So MacGyver says, okay, you get in, you do what you got to do, and I'll come in and get you, which is, wow. I mean, that's yeah. gutsy because he walks in, and they're very civil to each other. And he says, you know, you're okay for now, but once mom's gone, so are you. Yeah, it's, it shows that he's not completely heartless, too. Yes. Yeah. And the fact that the fact that when Frank goes to talk to, to the mother, she she's like, Joey? Where's Joey? Are you Joey? No, it's me, yeah. Mama. It's Frank. Okay, Joey. Like, ooh, boy, that's got to Yeah, hurt. it's like, no wonder he's got a chip on his shoulder about his brother, you know. Whew. So, then the mother passes away. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember, how does MacGyver first get inside? Oh, yeah, he uh, he has to run outrun the dogs. Yeah, he has to outrun the dogs. And uh, he, in the meantime, he'd grab, like, a, a spool of rope or fishing line, or I forget... I don't recall exactly what it was. It looked like it was just your standard rope and a, a small pipe. Right. To As he's getting ready, he uses it to trip up uh, Frank and uh, Max, I think. Right. As they're coming down the steps. Oh, which, wasn't that great? Which I love the whole, yeah, we'll we'll do it in the kitchen. I'm like... That's kind of a weird place to kill somebody, but I guess if you've got the cleaning supplies there, you might as well. Well, I, not to play devil's advocate, but linoleum. Yeah, linoleum's easier to clean, too. You know? Right? I'm sure that's what they're thinking. Don't get it on the rug. Yeah, true, true. Get it, get it but I like, no rug. I like how up until this point, you know, Mac and, and Joey are like, well, yeah, this will be good because all we got to do is get you outside because oh, meanwhile, yeah. you know, Agent Wallace and his – his buddies are outside waiting for what they thought would be a, uh, a warrant to search the premises. Well, then the, you know, consigliere for the, the mob comes down and is like, yeah, that's not happening. Well, yeah, you know, we, we, we have people and, you know, we've got people in power and, you know, you've don't got, you don't have the grounds for it. So like they're the cops are, or the, the feds are just standing around twiddling their thumbs, figuring, you know, they'll get, they'll get in somehow because either Joey will show up or something will happen. That'll give them just cause to storm the place, you and, know? And that's the type of, 
<clears throat> detailed writing that they didn't have to do, and I'm glad that they did because it's layered. Yeah. A lot of times people don't bother to give you those extra layers. Like they're like, all right, don't worry about it. We'll get in. Feds will show up. They'll arrest them. Bing, bang, yep. boom. No problem. Wait a minute. Where are the where are they going? Where, yeah. Why are they driving because meanwhile, away? Meanwhile, you know, Frank imitated his brother. And said, "Oh yeah, I'm at MacGyver's." So they actually left, and I love the I love the added detail of actually showing them at MacGyver's and that realization of, oh crap, we've been played. Yep, yep. You know, and I'm telling you, that's so smart because now MacGyver's even looking at, oh crap, what do we do? Yeah, which prompts him to reevaluate getting in and getting out. Because basically, he climbs the fence. The dogs start chasing him. He locks them in a, in the room, runs into this uh, gardening shed, right? The dogs come in. He comes out and closes it. No, he's he uh, runs over to a side door of the house, opens it as the doors are coming or as the dogs are coming towards him. He gets inside the house before the dogs get to okay, him. Okay, because I'm thinking of one from season six. I was gonna say I think there is one where he yes where played he, cat and mouse with yeah, the dogs, which yeah. is really good. Um. <clears throat> so, yeah, now they make the, he trips up the bad guys as they're walking Joey down to the kitchen. They fall, they pass them, run up the steps, and now go up into the attic. Yeah, because initially they were going to use the they were going to use the back stairs, but then they had this thug coming down the the down the little hallway there with a machine gun and an Uzi, an Uzi, yeah, which. I'm kind of surprised they didn't just have the guy open fire, but I like that the guy was not trigger happy because he yes. knows the bosses, you know, the boss, boss wants, yeah, the boss wants this one himself, you know. Yep, yep. So, I mean, I like that little touch, but yeah, then they're like, attic, okay. You don't you have know, a choice. Go, 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 yep. go. You know, and, you know, they, they show him, you know, the, the two of them moving that cabinet over in front of the door. Ooh. And I like how, and I like how MacGyver immediately starts looking around and you see him getting like the harpoon and, you know, and this is, I think one of the few episodes we don't get a little anecdotal story or whatever, as he's doing what he's doing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but we do see Joey like grabbing stuff and just, you know, he's, He's doing He's, his part. Yeah, letting Mac, you know, letting Mac do what he needs to do, and then he turns around and starts helping Mac. Like I, not even with the audio of "I've got no clue what you're doing, but huh, I'll help you." You know, it's like, you know, and Mac's directing him like here, you know, without even being heavy-handed with it. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. beautiful. I loved it. It's it's so natural because you don't feel like here's the moment, huh? Look, I'm going to yeah. do my thing. It's no, no, no. We're going to get killed. Move, 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 move. Yeah. Keep stacking that. Try using this. Push that over. Okay, yeah. while you're doing that. And he's looking around. And these are things that you do find in an attic. Yeah, definitely so, if it's an older house like that where, you know, people I have can smell collected it. stuff for years. Can you smell it? I can smell that I attic. can smell it, yep. Especially when he got the mothballs, which he called, what, canther balls. Yeah, I think that's the technical term for yeah. them or whatever. And so he grabs a sock, has that uses the peg post from horseshoes. Yep. Which them being old school Italians, I get it. Bocce yep. ball and horseshoes, you got it. And Absolutely. And I like the touch with 
using the uh, uh, telescope. Yes, he takes that apart. That was so cool because he's going to make it that up as the, the launcher. The barrel. Holy yeah, the crap. launcher. This is fantastic. And it, again, done in real time. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying this to the people who are doing the, re the 2016 version. The magic is in the moments. Take yeah. the time. You don't have to talk down to us. Explain what he's doing if you need to, or just shut up and let him do what he's doing. Yeah. But that is the magic of these episodes, besides Richard Dean Anderson. It's, you go, oh, 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 I, I, at first you don't know what he's doing. Why is he doing that? What the, uh, yeah, because oh, 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 I, I, know like, I was doing. watching the episode and I'm like, I know he gets out of this, but I'm like trying to remember how he does it. Mm -hmm. And like as he's discovering the pieces, I'm like, okay, I think, our, yep, okay, I remember where he's going with it. And I can see how he, I see how his brain is getting him to where he needs to go. Okay, cool. I'm on board. And Let's as go, he's doing know. that, I love that the guy goes, open fire, open, shoot the darn thing. And so he's blasting an Uzi. And they really make sure that they do the damage that an Uzi does. Yeah. It's shredding the door. It's shredding the cabinet that's blocking the door. Yeah. You know, you're, you're throwing all those bullets out. That cabinet isn't going to stop bullets. No. That's amazing. I mean, I, I thought, boy, the special effects on this, you can't tell that that's not, they're not really shooting an Uzi through that door. They are and you know what? For all we know, they may have actually been doing that. Right. Have yeah. them offset and just go, brrr, there you go, film it. Yep. So then he uses the horseshoes, which is really neat. Instead of just climbing down, he okay. He makes a rocket out of the telescope, shoots the peg over through the yard, through a tree, and then hooks it with the rope yep. that's tied to it. Yeah. So basically you're going to shimmy, I thought. He, he basically makes a zip line. He makes a zip line. Yeah, and I love I love the detail of showing, you know, getting the these that he found from I, I it looked like it might have been from like a, a tent rigging or maybe something that they may have used on a boat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that they showed the use of that, like him finding that and you know, doing all the, the motions of getting it on the thing. And I like how, you know, Joey goes boom yeah. down the down the thing no issues you know he's he's doing the lifted leg thing you know to to keep the speed or whatever gets to the tree drops and then they show you know macgyver coming down and macgyver's got easily a foot on this guy right so you know he's you know not kicking his legs but you know trying to get his legs up higher because the dogs are right underneath him uh -huh. and then you know they even show him like swinging his legs a little bit as they go they clear the fence and you know i love the added touch where he uses his legs as a shock absorber yes to the truth to the tree which just shows that you know this is something he's done before this you is, know well, it's just smart it's practical that yeah they could have had him they could have just cut to him not even connecting with the tree they could have cheated and just showed him drop down <clears throat> you know what right. i mean but instead, no, that's one shot, film it, use it, and just then the, the feds show up just in time. Yep. And that, Absolutely. that's basically the episode. The bad guy gets caught, you know, and, and the good guys get away. But that was that was that was something. There was a lot going on in that episode. Yeah. And I had to laugh. Like 
by today's standards, that episode probably would have been about 20 minutes because they would have cut out a lot of the stuff that they would have deemed unnecessary. Right. But it helps convey the story that they were trying to show. Like I said, it's multi-layered. You have so many little twists and turns that, like I said, weren't needed, but I'm glad that, you know, technically weren't needed. But for a good television episode, they're needed. For yeah. good characterization, they're needed. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the point in the car where, you know, you completely forgot they had that moment of banter in the car at the, near the beginning of the yeah. episode. You know, it's, it's, it's sad that these little things, it's a lost art. It really is. Well... And that's well, the, that's the other thing I'm thinking too. It's a is, dying art, I should say, because there are shows that do that well. There are, and, and there are some that, and those don't are the bother. things that that make those shows stick out. I was thinking that too because every decade, you know, there's different, different, and I remember this conversation on uh, one of the podcasts that I'd listened to, uh, where they talked to like writers of TV and movies and stuff. And they pointed out that every decade, there's different types of writing that wouldn't happen now, but happened then and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Like Lost. Lost is a unique type of show that, that could not have been done years before. And that goes with the camera direction and the pacing and everything. Uh, however... There are some that should be timeless. And this is one of those. This is one of those shows. Stargate, coincidentally, is another one. Yeah. Um, where if you focus on sincerity of the writing, which is not what the reboot has, and you care about character development, but don't be heavy-handed about it. Mm -hmm. If you let it be natural... You, you concentrate on a good story and let the character happen. Not go, well, we have to sit around the fire, all of us, the, you know, the campfire and drink our beers until Maddie comes in with her snarky remarks to let us know that everything's okay. And then we clink our beer bottles together. And aren't we just the best pals, huh? Don't you get that? We're supposed to be the best pals. We love each other. Stop. Yeah. But this guy's never seen again. MacGyver helped him, but within yeah. that one episode, you felt the the connection. The you know maybe we're, we're not going to be the best friends, but I care enough about you to save your life. Yeah, and to look out for you. And remember, Joe even says what as they're as they're cleaning up after the first scuffle. What I've known you an hour and a half, and already you think you know you're you're already looking out for me like this. How do you yeah. know, how do you know what's best for me? He goes well, somebody has to do it. Yeah, there. That line, boom. It's it pointed out that yes, this guy, this random dude, cares about you just on general principle. Yep. That said more about MacGyver than three seasons of this reboot ever could. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so next up, next time we do one of these, it's going to be the introduction of Grandpa Harry. Yes. That is a fun one because MacGyver never had, and well, only has one relative left. Yeah. Uh, and this episode is called Target MacGyver. Uh, I think next time maybe we'll do a Stargate episode just to flip flop. Break it up a little and, bit. Yeah. 
we do that. Um, but yeah, it's funny because the bad guy in the next episode is called Axe Minster. And I, the way they write him, it seemed like they were kind of hoping maybe that he would be a recurring villain. Possibly, yeah. Because he carries himself as the big bad. I'm Axe Minster. I'm a big time, you know, deadly assassin type of guy. Yeah, very self-important. Because remember they did that too with, with one of the episodes, um, The Gauntlet. No, not The Gauntlet. I'm sorry. Uh, Deathlock. Deathlock, which is coming up. We'll get to it. That um, was the one in the house that was just a bunch of death traps. And Quail was the bad guy. Yeah. Well, Quail, that actor shows up again, but not the same character. Yeah, so different character. I always look at this guy as their attempt at a Murdoch before Murdoch. Yeah. Right? Proto Murdoch. Yeah. So there are a couple of these guys that came along during the first season that they're like, ah, is this going to be his, his arch nemesis? No? No? Oh. Try again? Okay. So X Minster. Well, it would have been interesting to see them bring some of these proto, you know. Agreed. You know, back. And yeah. it would have been really interesting seeing a situation where. They teamed up. They teamed up. That would have you know, been Murdoch, cool. Murdoch, and one of these other guys teamed up, or or an interesting situation: Murdoch being put into a situation, got to save or protect MacGyver. Well, because he wants to be the one to kill him, not this schmuck that you know thinks he's gonna take his fun. kill or whatever. That would have been fun. But also, what about this? I, see, Murdoch works alone typically, so I could see Murdoch wiping out the other guys. Mm -hmm. But you have him, uh, you have Axminster and Quail team up. Could have been interesting. That would have been fun. That would have been fun. And see, because when huh, Mikey can attest to this, is this a Murdoch episode? Can we watch a Murdoch episode? <laughs> Murdoch is the Joker to MacGyver's Batman. Absolutely. So it feels epic when Murdoch shows up. Yeah. And it well, is. Well, and I love the fact that they don't overly use or use Murdoch, Murdoch either. Absolutely. Once a season. You know. Typically, it would be once a season unless it was the Cowboy episode where he showed up again. Yeah. Yep. But that's how you do it. That's, you, you never know when he's going to show up. You had the one yeah. Cleo Rocks where he was in disguise through most of it. And then the big reveal like, oh, holy crap, that guy was Murdoch yeah. the whole time. And I love the fact that he, you know, he's the one that actually, you know, wrote. Cleo Rocks. Wrote that. You know, that was amazing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, these are you, you're going to see that in the next episode coming up, everybody. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, watch it and you'll see what we mean, because this guy tries to be bigger than life. Yeah. Um, but next time, I think, uh, I don't remember what, I think it might be the second episode of Stargate that we have to do, which is the one where Kowalski gets, uh, gets wormed. The Gould, yeah. We'll find out. Cause I don't remember talking about it, but I know. That yeah. I was going to say, I've probably seen it, but oh yeah. you know, cause I, every now and then I'll go back and I'll just grab an episode, throw it on and, and watch. Also, uh, there was an actor from Stargate and MacGyver who had passed away recently. Uh, I want to get his name right, so give me two seconds. He was, here you go, veteran film and television star Paul Coslow, uh, who played Turok. 
I was gonna say he was the the one bounty hunter in kind of like the mid mid range seasons of SG One, I believe. No, he was in one episode. Yeah, but he was in one of the middle seasons. Is yes, what I'm you're saying. absolutely right. Uh, fourth season. Yeah, and he's Serpent's Venom. He's the one who is torturing Tilk on behalf of the ghoul. Remember, and they they were trying to break Tilk in front. Yeah, of the they camera. were trying to break him. So. They announced that he passed away from pancreatic cancer uh, yesterday. He was also in a MacGyver episode coming up where he played a doctor in the insane asylum that MacGyver has to break into because it was also for political prisoners. I remember that. Yeah. Same actor. So he passes away and I post it. I come home and I say to everybody as we eat, what do you want to watch? Stargate, MacGyver, Highlander. Pick mm-hmm. one. Well, I said, how about a Stargate? Sure. The next one in the order, because I just, instead of playing them randomly, I started at the beginning of the fourth season and just went. Yeah. Um, it happened to be that episode. Oh, that's, that's How creepy. about that? That was creepy, because Cindy goes, well, maybe you did it subconsciously. I said, no. I didn't randomly pick one. I just went in order. And yeah. as the as the episode starts, I'm like, oh, I think this is that episode. Yeah. So, mm. <clears throat> yeah. So rest in peace, Turok. It's very important. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Uh, pancreatic cancer. Jeez. That's... Yeah, no fun. He was 72. And on that note, I guess we'll let everybody go. Um, what can I tell you? Let it get in on our Facebook pages. We have the Twitter page. Um, oh, uh, chapter seven. I'm sorry, episode seven of the MacGyver SG1 audio series is officially written. After I put this bad boy episode up, I got to get recording one of these days soon. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. And, <laughs> <laughs> and a little tease for everybody in the next episode. MacGyver visits Cheyenne Mountain. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So buckle up. That'll be fun. I'm, I'm dying for everyone to see that because, um, well, I can't tell you. But, yeah, buckle up. And find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Uh, all, all the details will be in the description of the episode as we're, you know, learning learning how to do things and making our podcasts better. Yeah, you know. anything that you've heard, we have a Twitter page for, and a Facebook group page, and a Facebook page. Blah, 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 blah. Give us reviews. You know the routine, everybody. Yep. Um. Also, Nate's site. He has a new site for his commission Business. credentials. Yep, commission credentials. Uh, I have. You know, for the short version is. Back in December, our website went down, and I'm sure I'll cover this in an episode on the Never Gets Old podcast, but uh, website went down in December, and through my painstaking argumentativeness with powers that be, I do now have my website back up and running. It's, uh, I'd say, probably 50-ish percent as to product wise as to what I had on it before I just have to rebuild everything from scratch it's uh, being hosted by WordPress now but it's still the same website commissionedcredentials.com 
link will be in the description as always. And uh, yeah, so I'm telling you, everybody, go to this site because not only does it have great stuff, but the prices are beyond reasonable. I keep, oh yeah, I mean, I'm I try to keep to things very get my SG flag. SGC flag. Yeah, the flags are, are one of the few items I don't have on the website yet because I wanted to get uh, the ID cards and the uh, like metal badges and stuff like that. I've got the TV section to focus on now. Um, there are some stuff that I do have the artwork for that I don't have up yet, but that's just because I, I went through each category and I like prioritized, okay, this is the stuff that was popular and sold. This is taking priority. Okay, this week I've got nothing no new work to do new no new id cards to pump out here are the two or three from each category that i can add you know just kind of pace myself so that i you know don't rip my hair out and let me know when you're uh caught up with that so i can start bugging you about new t-shirt designs and absolutely yep. and thank and you for being stuff. so understanding with you know with everything it no, just come it on. sucks just just as you know things were starting to kind of like calm down and everything i get whammied with the website being you know what what happened and then i'm like well i can't do this other stuff that i really wanted to work on jerks so <laughs> yeah no no problem uh all right everybody get in contact with us share your pictures your thoughts your feelings your emotions whatever and remember stay creative everyone see ya thanks for listening everybody Please let us know what you think by going to iTunes, Stitcher, our Facebook page, and also on Twitter. Nathan is N-A-S-C-H-E-L-L, and I'm just Mac W. Jackson. If you'd like to help us out and give us a little contribution, please go to PayPal and sign in to donate to at MacWJackson at Comcast.net. And remember, stay creative.